0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. That's Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out?
1: Because
2: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG
3: 13. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Letterman Lounge at Roosters on Olin River Road. This is Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters and. Ohio State is the four-time defending Big Tick champion. They're heading to the college football playoff, just like we all thought. We knew it would be a 22-10 win over Northwestern, too, because we just expected that hard-fought battle. Uh, anyway, we got a lot to dive into this week. Ohio State will play Clemson in the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. They've got that Big Ten title. That's Evan Spencer, C.J. Barnett, Michael Bennett, Reed Fragel, and Nicole Cox. We're going to dive right into it as we do every single week. First of all, let's just start with this. Big Ten championships are hard to win. I know, Mike, I've seen you. up. That's not where I'm going yet. <laughs> All right. It's a double-digit win over the team that was 14th in the country. Yeah. Anybody who wants to complain about <laughs> Ohio State moving up to number three hey, you're going to have to just shut it. Big Ten titles are hard to win.
0: Yeah. No, there's no doubt. I mean, that was, that was a darn good football team that we played. And, you know, the film and the evidence speaks for itself, right? I mean, shoot, they scored. And just to speak to the performance that we had defensively and, and all that jazz, they scored 10 points going into the second quarter and then proceeded to not put any other points up the rest of the game. Like, You know, if you you want to complain about Ohio State, you want to complain about us moving forward. We played a really good team that had an awesome strategy against our offense, mind you, and figured out a way to squeak out a game. And, you know, we did it with some impressive stats on the defensive side of the ball. So is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think we're in a great position to continue to try to get better and continue to try to show what we can do at a national stage. I
4: think I I think. You know, I love Ohio State fans and how excited they get for their team and how confident they are in Ohio State. I think sometimes we cannibalize the Big Ten because we spend the whole season talking about how garbage every other team in the Big Ten is. <laughs> and then when we go have a tough game against a great opponent – You know, if people are confused, like, why is Ohio State bad? Like, no, 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 Northwestern's a great team. They got to the Big Ten Championship, and they're like, oh, well, they lost to Michigan State. Michigan State might not be that bad. We've only seen them play Big Ten teams this year. Right. So, you know, I think we got to take it with a grain of salt. Everybody wanted us to blow them out, you know, and make a statement and this and that. I thought being 22 guys down and still going out there and going against a strong Northwestern team who's been stopping every team they play – is a testament to what Ohio State's able to do week in and week out, regardless of the adversity that they face. Um, and, you know, that being said, Justin Fields didn't have his best day. Mm-mm. And, you know, he can point to whatever he needs to point to. And championship games, I would hope that he can, you know, find ways to either brush that stuff off, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but we were able to do that because they were able to hold our receivers to a little bit less sure. than usual. And Trey Sermon went and had himself a day with that O-line.
3: CJ, that uh, that second half shutout. I mean, uh, really, you know, Kerry Combs and that defense gave up one drive early, a couple that were longer. You know, field goal, a miss later on. But yeah. to re- to react to what happened and adjust and then go as long as they did that second half shutout. That had to make you feel pretty good as somebody who's you know put on that silver bullet helmet.
1: Oh yeah, yes sir. Um, you know. You know, kind of like what Mike said, what Evan said, I mean, you're going against a good team. Uh, you're playing against, uh, you know, another opponent that's in the Big Ten Championship. So, uh, to sit there and expect a blowout is something I think is, um, you know, not really realistic. You know, they are on scholarship. They're great athletes. They prepare. I mean, let's not act like coaches don't sit there and make up a game plan. You know, they <laughs> have a good game plan. But a great thing, and what you brought up, is how you adjust – You know, you see what what went on in the first half. Coaches go out there, they say, hey, we got to change this. Hey, we got to change that. We need to take care of this. We need to change that matchup or whatever. And then you execute that and then you shut it. Then you shut them out in the second half. I think that's that's genius. That's awesome. That's handling adversity. That's, you know, showing, you know, where you belong. And uh, so that's great, man. I I think that Ohio State did a great job. Um, You know, you had some problems in the first part, but you go ahead, you fix it, and then you go ahead and get you a dub and go ahead and uh, get ready to go uh, take Mm -hmm. care of Clemson. I know one
0: thing that I kept telling myself, I'm like, man, if I don't have to keep saying this thing, like, man, we're asking too much of the effing defense here, man. We're asking too much of the defense. They're out there too long. And obviously that's spoken from a true offensive player. But, you know, to, to, to what CJ is talking about, it was a big task that was put in front of them, and the defense answered the bell really well. Read the offensive line was good. Yeah, I don't know if you have to say they were they were else. pretty
2: decent. rushing for 400 yards. That was a, an okay game. No, I, I <laughs> think uh, you guys said it best. I think uh, people might have had a little bit too high of expectations coming into that game. I think Coach Fitzgerald is a players' coach that guys can rally behind. I mean, watching the pregame hype speech with uh, Coach Fitz and the players rallying around him, you knew they were going to come out the gate swinging. I don't know if I would have said that you know we were going to be down in the first half necessarily, but that matter of fact a is though, yeah, exactly. But we came out in the second half, we made adjustments. Offensive line found their groove and ended up breaking a re- rushing record uh, and finding a way to win the game. That's what it's all about in these big stages is those second-half adjustments. You come out of the first half, yeah, your game plan's not working. Okay, where can we go from here? And I think Coach Day and the players did a great job of that. Nicole, we all picked uh, a much larger margin of victory for
3: Ohio State on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, you know, did you ever get nervous when Ohio State goes through that first half? No touchdown like Reed's talking about. And down yeah. 10 to 6. <laughs> like, what were you thinking about, you know, 130 on Saturday?
5: I was going to jump in and kind of go off Reed's point. I think that – I think we were all just so excited about the season and how great we looked. But you're right. Northwestern was a great team. And I think, too, not having – you know, I feel like Chris Olave is Justin Fields' safety net. Right. Um, so – imagine having you know this entire plan and then missing like a key part of the puzzle and then their defense which I guarantee they were coached to pressure Justin Fields because he's so good he's accurate he's precise getting the passes where they need to go and um, he I think Justin I mean obviously you're going to start panicking when you're just having this defense just constantly running at you and there were some incomplete passes and then that kind of started to you know just keep rolling and people, you know, we weren't scoring, and so that pressure, but then I think you're like, then they're like, wait, we're Ohio State. We're going to be amazing, and they w- came back that second half, and was, fun- they were phenomenal.
3: Well, it, you show up to play that game without Chris Olave, that's like coming into Roosters, and they're out of chicken. That is the there perfect analogy that's for that. that, yes. Now that would never mm-hmm. happen, okay? <laughs> yeah.
5: on, a man, you give me I hope all time. not. We'll see if we can get some of these out of here.
3: That, he is such a key part of it. You know, it's, you know, you got the mozzarella sticks. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. me, Baron Browning, a Tuesday... <laughs> he's not playing. Check him out. Drew, Drew mm-hmm. Crispin, I'm not sure what appetizer. Maybe he's the cheese fries on special teams. And but yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, uh, when you take those pieces half out, like, it's a big deal. And I think that, that, that we'll get into that maybe more later on in the show. When you take out such key parts of your offense, defense, and special teams sure. and two coaches, you know, you're going to struggle. It's going to feel uncomfortable. You're mm-hmm. not going to know what to do and how to react. But the Buckeyes did that. They're champions. Um, and they, they are. They've, we've yeah, that's what
0: I'm saying. Football's mm-hmm. a game of adjustments, man. At the end of the day, it's just like, hey, get your guys out there, and you know, you need to be as prepared as you can be, right? Like if you're thinking this is hard or if this is complex, yeah, and, you know, they're going to throw some wrinkles in there. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just about being there next to CJ and depending on CJ to block his guy so I don't get my ass kicked or something like that, <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah, and, and the Buckeyes did that. And if you'd have asked them beforehand if they needed to win by one point, and they would take that, a trophy just to go on. We talked about that all last week. If they won, they were going to move up in the playoff ranking. Somebody was going to lose in the ACC title game. All right, they've got a championship. They're undefeated. We're going to get to that. Uh, the players of the game.
4: I'm not actually going to take them. <laughs> you know, I, I think you guys should uh, have the honors.
5: But you know, Michael, you take them.
4: You he take them. he him. Deserves,
5: Yes, he, he deserves. Six so we buck should say that, Trey sermon, yeah.
4: like that. Yes. Trey sermon can't be into this. Trace sermon and the Ola George's man. rushing record. You have to give him
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't no, know how you argue against yeah. that. Yeah, you know, yeah, you definitely got to give it to him, and, yeah. and to make a case against it is just like yeah. you know, yeah. we're sitting there trying to. <laughs> <laughs> what we talk, this man deserves all of. it. There were so many guys <laughs> that stepped on this man's name.
3: Like, let's we can take him out, but let's we have to say, you know, we rush for, three thirty one, and if he'd gotten more in the first
4: half, Michael, I think. Uh, Who knows how many yards he could have rushed for? They said 196 yak yards. He was running hard. He was was breaking tackles in the backfield. He was bouncing off a block. He would bounce off somebody, then hurdle somebody, and then get six more yards. Mm -hmm. That was not just, you know, I mean, the O line got him a lot of gaps, and he found them, though. You got to find those holes. You got to find those gaps. And then he would break tackles from linebackers. He would break tackles from safeties. That was not the Trey Sermon I saw in the first three weeks. We got a glimpse of it uh, last week, but. That was something else. That right? was
1: that. That was that Marshawn Lynch. That bro. was sure <laughs> I'm on, on my back right Man, there. Man, the, the first tackle back.
0: is zero percent. Like this is crazy. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. The, it, that,
3: those were some beastquake runs right yeah. there. And and your point, we've talked about this every Monday, and that's why we're joking a little bit. Certainly, I'm not pretending like Week One, Trey Sermon was the guy who was playing in the Big Ten title game. But I I had oh yeah I had a lot of confidence oh, yeah. that. <laughs> From what I had seen from him at Oklahoma, when he got fully healthy, when he got acclimated to the system, when the knee wasn't a concern, that maybe he would be a guy who could really do some of that explosive stuff that we saw. Now, did I think he would break – Nicole, Eddie George's single-game rushing record? No, I did not. But that was what I expected all year and why I continued to talk about how he would fit in this offense.
5: Well, and I – the first show I was on, I m- – my first thing I wanted to know was I was interested in seeing how he would perform. And – It's been really neat watching him grow. And if you think about it, we all have to remember he transferred in. So he doesn't have the history with these players. He doesn't have, you know, the groove or the vibes, you know, of just working in line with them. And he picked, you could see each game, he would just pick up more and more. And now he's just part of it. He's part of the entire team and just how they play, you know?
0: Well, I mean, you bring up a good, perfect example. Like, you're talking about <clears throat> the importance of all of the games in a season. Now, granted, we only got six, yeah. but if you're looking at a 12-game season, well, guys like in that situation or others, right, they have the chance to go out there, put some film out there, get coached up, and then realize how they can use their talents better, mm-hmm. right? So that's the importance of playing ball. And it's not like our guys didn't want to, right? But it, it at least it gives justification for why some were really frustrated the fact that we didn't get those reps. But, again, right, The progression, right, like like we're talking about. You're Mm -hmm. seeing great players now come out to fruition, receivers included. You pull one out, and it's like, holy cow, you know, chemistry is a real thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. You know, it, it it was an impressive dub by us, but, you know, definitely some things to put up on the board and try to get better on.
3: All right, mm-hmm. Trey Sermon is off the board. He's got everyone's
5: everyone's back. I leave. Guy.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's give some more. You get a championship <laughs> yes. performance. You got to honor more than one guy. So I, I
5: did. I picked someone else. Okay. I did. I didn't want to go for the obvious, Trey Sermon. You know, um, but I went with Justin Hilliard, our veteran linebacker. You know, it's his sixth year, and he he came to play. His third quarter interception was definitely a game changer. It just set the mood. It was got everyone revved up, and um, he was scooping up fumbles and shutting down the rushing. He, I was very impressed and he's you know a crowd pleaser anyway he's a great kid so um, my leaf goes to him this week
0: Justin
3: Hilliard Evan who you got
0: Zach Hoover
5: Ooh.
0: punter out there swagging with a visor but like I mean I saw <laughs> what two or three punts inside the five yeah. I mean he was playing <laughs> he, he's a real ball player but you know and that's a that is a type of game where field possession is of the utmost importance right being able to get a ball inside the five inside the ten and give your defense just great possessions because you know, maybe they only got three minutes or something of a break, and they got to go back out there. You know, just to give them all of the field. Um, you know, was was really big, and my Buckeye Leaf goes to the goes to the punter, C.J. Hey. Oh, man, you already know. I'm going with the whole defense. I like it. It's it's yeah,
5: I like CJ's style. I like it. You know, everybody.
1: Yeah, so there's man. There's 11 um,
0: people out there, 10? No. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, just like I, like like you guys, you know, talked about as far as making adjustments and coming out and uh, kind of setting the tone of the game, changing it, um, you know, give, giving the offense the ball back so they can, you know, keep breaking that defense. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, there's so much to football, man, that, you know, it's just it's, – it's so crazy. I mean, you have, you have you know, the defense, you know, getting three and outs and things like that, which is putting their defense on line. Then you have our offense that and our offensive line and our running game that's pounding them down, breaking them down, not giving them a break, which then gets them tired, you know, which then doesn't allow them to get off blocks as good. Or doesn't allow them long. to quick and drives get long. And then you got a guy breaking a record for 331 yards or whatever. So – um, I think the defense did a great job, you know, whole defensive staff doing their adjustments and things like that, man. That, uh, you know, that, that quick time to go in there at halftime, you know, change stuff, and then come out and uh, execute, I think is awesome.
3: CJ, that was a pretty wild scene before kickoff. So Ohio State put out its availability report. Marcus Hooker was a game-time decision. Uh, Bryson Shaw was already ruled out. Ronnie Hickman wasn't listed on there at all. And then right before kickoff, Hickman, Hooker, Shaw, all out. So Proctor's got to go back there play that single high safety. That's not mm. where Ohio State wants him to be. Mm. He's never had to play that in a full time role. Mm-hmm. But you're without the other three safeties. Yeah, like in a game like this, a championship game, and like that's right up to kickoff. They were still adjusting. Right. Yeah, that was, inc- that was insane. And
0: was- really, all that came down to was one bad angle from a kid. To your point, that you know hadn't really played that position before, wasn't expecting to play it up until the game, right? You know, you one bad angle. Okay, you know, coach them up, tighten them up, and boom, you know, they didn't score again. And obviously, they, they kicked a field goal. But it's a a lot of different ball games so I think there's there's a lot to be said with what happened defensively out there and, and some young guys made uh, made a lot of plays.
3: Mike you got somebody else in mind that you want to throw out there?
4: Yeah you actually just mentioned him um, first I want to give a, a shout out to the D-line just I think they played well I'm not going to take a D-lineman for my Buckeye Leaf today okay. <laughs> I'm going to take Josh Proctor all right yeah I don't know all of his stats but just from watching the game I thought he did a great job stepping into that role, and he was he was coming downhill. He was filling run. He was fitting run fits. Uh, he was doing a good job covering the length of the field from sideline to sideline. I thought he played really well in a championship game against a solid Northwestern team. When he didn't know, you know, that next man up uh, mentality, you never know when your number is going to get called. It got called, and he showed up, and he put on a good display. He did. He did pick a um, a wrong lane when it came yeah. to. Uh, that one big run by the yes. quarterback. But I, I think that was just because the quarterback was moving a little too slow than he was used to. It was And weird. so he started over-pursuing. Yeah, he was flying downhill. He That's was flying happened. downhill. So I thought he did a great job that whole game. Uh, it was good to see. It's always good to see those guys who don't get many opportunities go in there and show what they're capable of. Well, I wonder where Reed's gonna go. <laughs> I, <know.
1: laughs>
4: I got to go with the
2: obvious, and if it's not Trey Sermon, then it's gonna be the offensive line. I mean, hey. coming back to to their uh, form after having that week off, where you know you had some guys in there weren't really sure how they were gonna perform, and they end up having a stellar game at Michigan State. So now you're getting the whole squad back. You're rushing for 400 yards, um, not really missing a beat. I think it's it's got to be the offensive line as my Buckeye leaf, but. <laughs> Um, just just to see them back together again and only giving up three sacks to a good Northwestern defense and rushing for 400 yards. I mean, not only is that testament to Trey Sermon, you mentioned yards after catch or carry, 190 yards. So I think, obviously, it's Trey Sermon, but offensive line did their part too.
3: Since Michael won't do it, I will give it to the defensive tackles. (laughs) I I will never, ever understand who is voting on these Big Ten awards. But Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togi. Good luck finding better yeah. defensive tackles yeah. than those guys played. Just They're unbelievable. I don't, I don't, third team, honorable mention. I'm not even sure. Spencer, where did they all finish? Were they both third team? Who got second?
0: The guy's the encyclopedia. Okay,
3: I, Haskell here. Mm-hmm. All right. Nobody was on the first team, and I will not understand wow. that ever. Because
4: you can't give the whole first team Big Ten to <laughs> Ohio. State. Well, you know <laughs> well, what? You could, you should, but, but you they, won't, they won't <laughs> they do should. it. They, yeah. they won't do it. If you're yeah. voting for the best players. They won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> they deserve it, but they won't do We're it. Gonna, like, we didn't even talk about
3: a this. optics week. control there. Mm-hmm. Like, the wide receiver giving it to Ty Freifogel, hey, good season, buddy, but Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are one and two in yards per game, and they played two less games. They had the exact same stats as this guy. Freifogel had one good game, which, incidentally, Ohio State's secondary actually yeah. cost Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson that yeah. award. You do
4: it against and Ohio State. Then yeah.
3: you get you get bonus points for that. But, I mean, I'm not saying they had to be the defensive lineman of the year, but one of those guys had to be first team. And I think that maybe that was part of their uh, outing on Saturday. Probably not that big of a deal to them. They wanted to win a trophy. But Mm -hmm. those guys are so dominant. They are so good. Uh, So I will give them some credit if nobody else will. (laughs) Um, We have a lot more show that we're going to get into. But Nicole doesn't get to make a prediction. But she does have to talk about Clemson before she goes. Uh I'll let these these former Buckeyes have their shots at Dabo later on. But this matchup is set. I know Ohio State wants uh, a piece of Clemson. They already wanted a piece of him. Mm -hmm. But now there's maybe a little extra motivation.
5: Yes, I definitely think so. After, you know, what the coach said, Sweeney said about hmm. us under Coastal Carolina, that's a little bit. But I look at it this way. I really believe, like, okay, if you want to, you know, do that little jab at us, that just adds fuel to wanting to play even harder. I mean, it's like what they teach kids in school, you know? Like, it just teaches them they're going to want to play better, you know? And so he's basically just feeding them to do their best. Giving us <laughs> yeah, our little locker of mm-hmm.
0: material or whatever. I they taught kids
3: in in school if you don't have anything nice to say just don't say <laughs> well that's true
5: too that's true too but the kids parenting. that have that's what it was the kids <laughs> that have i do feel the maybe kid that, you, that's
4: not football <laughs> no
5: no i i totally agree realm. with that but i do feel that that in the end, the kids that have been talked to poorly are the ones that end up coming out the winners. You know what I mean? Not the kids that were being the bullies. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel that way in this situation. I'm right. going to stay very, I'm yeah. being like positive regardless, but um, you know, and you giving the, your Buckeye leaves, you know, to the defensive players. I, I think that they are going to be the ones that we're going to rely a lot on to take the, you know, pressure off the defensive backs. That way, I mean, their quarterback, Clemson's quarterback, is really good, and we don't want to let him pass, you know, far. So yep. we'll be looking to get, All right. you know. You
3: still have another week. Well, we still have another trip back to uh, Letterman Live in the Letterman Lounge at Roosters next Monday. So you don't have to give your score yet. I know you're working on it.
5: I was way off on this pass score, <laughs> and remember, I said it last you week. Were, I was like, I don't. I was like, I don't feel great about this, but I'm going to say it. So, yeah, that was that was yeah,
3: well. We'll get to that. Any, uh, <laughs> anything else still going on at Roosters that people need to know about, Mike? ate a whole basket I'm about of mozzarella to say, sticks. I love it. Why are you
0: out me like Potato that? skin. Mike, I was so excited. I did it before Mike so nobody bites. even saw me eating You're, you're, a, was a, happy, you're
3: a happy customer. I'm Come not, I'm I, not. I
0: love it. i stood up and grabbed like three mozzarella sticks are
4: worth it. While CJ's I love how so so much eat, you love them. I'm about to eat a whole basket of corn dog or mini corn <laughs> dogs too. I was so, so excited
5: I, that the appetizer tomorrow's mozzarella sticks. I was like, Michael's going to be happy. This is great.
3: And he didn't want to show up because he didn't want to talk to me about Trey Sermon. Put out the mozzarella sticks just to take care of them. I smelled them. <laughs> uh, they still have time to get gift
0: cards?
5: They do. Okay. That runs through December 31st. Okay. You get a $10 Roosters bonus buck for every $50 you spend in gift cards. And we just want to say happy holidays to all of our wonderful guests and everybody that's been supporting us. We're almost to 2021. Yeah. And um, we're just so appreciative to everyone. So. Well,
3: big time. I'm appreciative because it was Christmas for me. I yep. get the Letterman Live. I'm so glad you love it, Austin. Pull over. So thank <laughs> you to Nicole and all of our friends at Boosters. We're going to take a quick break, let Nicole go do her real job, and we're going <laughs> to roll along on Letterman Live. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Rolling right along, and let's not waste any time. Dabo Swinney. Mm. We talked about him last week, Michael. That it said he's a great, great villain. And that was just when he was saying, oh, gosh, my position's changed and you should play more games. And that was it. All right, that's fine. His coach's poll comes out today, the day after the Sugar Bowl matchup is set. Ohio State checks in at number 11 huh. for Dabo.
4: Yeah, I like Dabo a al- Less than the average person. Um, That's a great way to say it. (laughs) Yeah. So I gotta, you know, like I gotta make sure I don't get carried away because when he talks about that kind of stuff, you don't hear Ryan Day talking about that or who should do this or who should do that or who's deserving because you know who the top teams in the league are. You know who they are. Dabo's out here, obviously threatened by Ohio State. I get the whole argument. We we knew we were gonna have to field these arguments. Ohio State hadn't played enough game as games. As soon as we found out the Big Ten schedule and how many games we had, we knew what the main issue was going to be. I thought that was going to be talked about with analysts. I didn't think other coaches were going to feel the need, especially not Clemson, right. who's lost one game against a top-four team and then beat that top-four team in the ACC playoff. Shut your mouth. Go to practice and do your job. You have, you have no – there's nothing that has to happen with him unless you're frightened of Ohio State. I would expect Notre Dame to be talking about Ohio State. I would expect Florida to <laughs> be talking about Ohio State even though they don't, they don't have a chance. I don't understand why Dabo feels the need to constantly talk about Ohio State. I don't know what good comes from that bulletin board material, other than maybe a, a out, re- yeah.
2: recruiting ploy maybe. That's yeah. literally the only thing I can think of because all that's going to do is piss off the Buckeyes that much more. There's literally no good that comes from you saying that as a coach.
1: My question is, is can y'all imagine, like, like let's say that we were still playing. We was in that position of Clemson. Could you imagine Urban or if we had Ryan oh, or, no you know, Jim Trestle saying – oh, they shouldn't play because they didn't play enough games. (laughs) Like, I can't fathom. What do you mean? I'll be be waiting to play Clemson, like, especially like...
0: Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's a difference of mentality and like, you know, I I don't know. The recruiting thing is the only thing that makes sense to me as well because it's like, what field are you trying to like make this whole competition like important? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, for him, I just think it's trying to steal a D end or a corner from us down the road that he can go, you know, softly lie to somebody's family in a living room and go from there. <laughs> softly, softly, softly lie. lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, well,
3: here's what I think is interesting because I, I think all four of you, and, and I've asked you these kind of questions before, I know the answer. Like, you'd be aware of that slight from him, and it would be some sort of motivation for practice or workouts. I'd be curious, like, if, as CJ said, if if Urban or Ryan Day had done this and took your opponent – and purposefully gave them bulletin board material so that you know when that game comes that the other guy is, is pissed off. What? Like if so, I'm am saying put yourself in the position of a Clemson player right now. Wouldn't that be, make you just as pissed off that Dabo did that to your opponent?
4: Nah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much I've paid attention to what Urban was saying about right. other teams when I was sure. playing. I don't know how much you guys paid attention to what Coach Tressel was saying. I you can you. you yeah, when you're a coach, you're going to back your coach. So he's going to say what he's going to say. Clemson's had as much success as they've had. I don't think his players are going to be like, Coach, why would you say that? Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, I go, think we're, you go
2: do your job, we'll do our. Right. We're talking about
4: – Different
2: coaches, though, here with Dabo Sweeney, he's kind of got a little bit of a mouth on him, I think. Whereas Coach Tressel, Coach Meyer, has always talked pretty respectably about yeah. our opponents. So where I don't think we ever really had to like I can't think back on one moment where I've been in those shoes where a, a Clemson player might currently be in, right? And think, oh, shit, like Coach said this, like, <laughs> damn, <laughs> these guys would be fired up off that. But like again, I just don't think we've ever we've been blessed to not have to deal with that with our coaches mm-hmm. in the past, where Dabo is kind of a loose cannon, I guess.
4: I, I will say this though I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember how I was mad before the <laughs> I was mad before the Alabama game because. All we ever heard before that game was Big Ten isn't good as SEC, right. Right. and this Alabama team is so much better than this Ohio State team. But I didn't hear that from, um, Nick, Saban. from, out from Nick Saban. I heard that from the analyst. and that was enough to put me up in front of the team and just go haywire and tell them you know, they don't expect anything from us, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, and you know as a coach, you've been in those locker rooms, so he should know that that's what's going to happen. That's the same with what Sean Wade was saying before the Northwestern right. game. Like You know that they're going to put that on the bulletin board and that the teams are going to, the players are going to rally around that.
0: Ex- Reese Davis's.
4: Yeah, I would expect <laughs> Ohio State to, especially if they draw Clemson, to be, you know, they don't want to play you. Ryan Day's going to say that. They don't want to play you. They've tried time and time again to not play you, to convince the world that you don't belong here. Go whoop them.
0: Yeah.
3: All four of you guys have been in a position where you're, you know, veterans on very good teams and getting ready for a big game and had stuff to say. So if you're preparing, Michael, you, you referenced this right there. Are you, like, keeping a notes file? Like, what are the things I need to <laughs> reference? Or, like, are they just hanging up in your locker? You know, because I don't see many actual, like, old-school bulletin sure. boards no. anymore. So, like, where does that stuff come from and, and how much will – where will that show up?
0: Well, I mean, trust me, Twitter does a good job of making <laughs> yeah. sure that whoever it is gets the chance to see it If if you're digging through that much. But – you know, I, I don't know. I, like, I think for the same reasons that we may have felt slightly immune to some of the things that Coach Meyer was saying in the media, um, it speaks to a similar point because it's just like, hey, we know that like, you know, we came here, Coach Meyer has kind of built us in a way that like, we do our job and we know Coach is doing his, so he's going to position us conversationally um, you know, from an optics standpoint the best that he can. So we don't really have to worry about what he's saying. We don't have to worry about all the quotes and the comments and this and that because we're just going to go play ball now that was our thought and that's how it worked and i'm sure it worked across the board that way as well but um you know as you get through time right uh you know maybe the importance of optics start changing a little bit um the the overall dynamic of the college football playoff system as itself you know the there there is a lot more subjectivity to it now right so you know am i influencing things can i try to you know squeeze teams in squeeze teams out who knows you know all of those things are happening and 2020 may be a cause for it and whatever it is. But, um, you know, we just got the cards that we're dealt, and we're going to continue to play them.
3: Where will that motivation show up for players this week for you, CJ? Uh,
0: <clears throat> yeah, man, kind of like what Evan's
1: saying. Um, I, the motivational factor from another – from an outside source really isn't needed, um, especially when you're, you know, talking about these guys and, you know, what they're playing for. Um, you, know, you know, just to wear an Ohio State jersey is motivation enough. Yeah. Um, however – <laughs> um you know being a good team being a great team is one thing but being a pissed off good team and great team is a different thing and I think um that motivation will show up um in practice you know practices you know and I, I haven't been to a practice with uh coach Dave but I'm sure that they go just the same way as they do with Urban Meyer um you know practices are intense regardless of if it being a bowl game or whatever you know that Tuesday, or I don't know how they're doing with COVID, but that stuff's intense, and the Wednesday's intense. But I think it will be a little bit more intense. You know, w- 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 at that second when you're like, "Damn, I'm tired," you're gonna not think that now um, because you you have a mission. You're I, 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 I 100% expect their mission to be to shut that guy up. Um, I mean, clearly, their you know their mission is to win everything like that,
0: but it just add a little bit more oomph to it. Well, I mean, scores and past games past will definitely be fuel for that same fire as well, right? Like, yep. you know, Evan, did you need to get all the quotes to get you excited to go play, um, you know, Michigan State or in that you know Michigan State the year after you guys lost to them in the Big Ten championship game? No, well. Sir. F No, it didn't like we were totally fine. Right. Like we spent 365 days thinking about this team like we had a very good mental plan about how to attack them. Right. And that's what we did. This team shouldn't really be much different. You know, you got a talking head over here. Well, let him do his deal. Right. We still have memories of last year and we still want to correct them. If anything, it just makes us more pissed and wants us to go do that job even more. But you know, you 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 leave the head talking over there on the shelf, and you go about your job every day, and that's what we're trying to do.
2: Yeah, I think to Evan's point, I think it's kind of just like a gas, gas on a fire at this point. I mean, you should be, already be so much so fired up from years past and all the stuff that's built this game up, and the the blown calls in the game prior, uh, to where if I'm a player, I don't need to see or hear anything. And if something does cross my Twitter feed or whatever, you know, that's just pouring gas on my fire. It's only going to fuel the guys up that much more. So again, I don't know. Why, if you're Dabo Sweeney, you say that?
3: I think you're talking about last year in the calls. It's the moment when the fumble was returned for a touchdown that we seem to enter an alternate reality in this world. I think something, something happened. Is that that's when the, what, is that what that what when the virus? Is that when the that's virus got here? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it changed everything. We figured it, allowed, it out. Right. Yeah, well, it that it night. Night. That
0: I know the moving. play now.
3: It allowed COVID in in so <laughs> Everything was fine until that SEC replay booth must have seen a different, a different oh, catch because I didn't ever see a. I saw a catch possession. He saw an incomplete pass. Nobody in the stadium in Phoenix saw that. No. But somewhere, there was a body swap in a different play and a different reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know that you're thinking
4: the same thing I am, Michael. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm thinking that the last three times that we played Clemson lead to this year. Okay. Yeah. I don't like Clemson because they beat me and my team in, our, what was that, our junior yeah. year? Yeah. yeah Broke goal. my
0: leg against them. I don't right.
4: like Clemson because then they went and embarrassed us. I don't like Clemson because then they beat us on some baloney uh, last year. This year, now we've got Dabo pouring, like you said, pouring fuel on the fire, talking his trash against an Ohio State team that should be nothing but confident. Mm-hmm. I think those last three showings with Clemson will lead to this year. And hopefully those guys – I don't know who – like I, I've talked to you before. I don't know who the vocal leaders are on Ohio State this year. I don't know who the spiritual leaders are on Ohio State this year. But somebody is going to feel it in their heart to stand up there and say, yo, we're not losing these guys four times. Right. And not only are we not losing to them, we're going like, to put some damage on them. And so that is what I'm waiting to see. I am praying that we, we uh, get Clemson in the, in the playoff because, I mean – I don't know an Ohio State fan out there who isn't tired of hearing about Clemson and Dabo Sweeney.
3: <laughs> yeah, so Jonathan Cooper will take up some of that that role that you know you once had, Michael, where he's going to talk, he's going to lead the rushman and <clears throat> bring that fire offensively. You know, Justin Fields is a is he's more of the spiritual. He's not a huge guy to speak out. Uh, everybody follows him, obviously, because he's extremely talented and will play through a lot of pain, which we'll wa- have to monitor. Uh, what exactly is going on with his thumb in the days ahead. Sounds like he's going to be fine. But, Reed, uh, I know that you – you will this will sound familiar for you, that Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis are the guys that will speak up and lead them through workouts and get in front of that team uh, whenever, on New Year's Day at 8 p.m. Um, and I think that's so you, a point you guys have both made. If you're going to lead, if you're going to be a successful program, it had better come on the defensive line and the offensive line.
2: Yeah, and I think just from my short time, I no offense to you too. <laughs> okay. I was over here thinking mm-hmm. about
0: what the receivers could do.
2: <laughs> okay. I, I just think back to my time I spent with Wyatt Davis. I think it was his freshman year that spring. I was able to work with the o line a little bit. Um, and Wyatt, even at a young age, he's very emotional, very you know loud player. Likes to get his emotions involved in the way he plays. So I just think you know now, fast forward to where Wyatt is now and how much he's grown. And he's able to back that up with this play and then some a guy like him, to your point, is only going to use this to motivate that offensive line unit that much more. You know, if I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. If I were to hear about this inside an offensive line unit and basically just get disrespected by the opponent we're about to be playing after putting up 400 freaking rushing yards mm. on a good defense, I would be blowing this up and, and plastering this all over the offensive line lockers and, you know, going into this game thinking we got to make a statement because these guys just obviously don't think we're the real deal.
3: And Evan, uh, you know, Big Ten's expected to change that protocol from 21 days down Thank to you. 17, which my uh, anticipation would be that will allow Chris Olave to play. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about somebody else who has bursting motivation, we know what happened right. in the last play in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Getting this guy back, this is the one that he wants desperately.
0: There's no doubt. I mean, like probably – half of the dreams that he's had since that night have been about that play and being able to change it or change others to try to change the outcome of that game. But I think you 100% hit the point on the head. I don't know if he's the vocal leader of that offense, of that room, but definitely expect with him out there on the field that it is going to be everything that his body will allow him to pour out there. And if it's anything less, like, you know, what are we talking about? At the end of the day, like, you didn't have the chance to play in, in, in this uh, Big Ten championship, which we really needed you, as as we could tell, you're a critical part of our offense. And as a competitor and as an athlete, like that eats you up inside, and you build that on top of what happened last year. Like, you know, what is it, hundred and. 314 yards or something on the receiving end not saying that one person's gonna do that from a receiver standpoint but like start thinking crazy right like go out there and have a day make the most of the plays that you get yak yards everything right like because we're gonna need those plays to beat a good football team and you know i i think that he himself as a leader you know by putting his pads on and just doing his job will be able to carry a lot of guys in that room and hopefully on the offense as well
3: cj what's the secondary guy to do against trevor lawrence
0: Oh, man. Um, that's a big you question. Know. <laughs> Stop them. Yeah,
1: Stop. man. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, uh, you got to, you know, you got to for sure win third downs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's always a big thing. Um, not not allow uh, yards after the catch. Um, you got to punish them when they do catch the ball. You got to, you know, make them pay for it. So every single time that they, you know, are about to catch a ball or they're going across the middle or anything like that, they got to, you know, think for a second. I don't know how if that's how, how receivers work. Evan can speak to that. But <laughs> I know if you go across the middle and you, get, you get tapped one time real good, um, you might think about it the next time for when you reach out for one or something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, man, you got to do that. And uh, you got to make sure that you come up. And I think what's his ATN or something like that as a running back? Got to come up. Uh, Satan's got to make sure that they're uh, part of the run game. But um, yeah, hopefully, I don't know what their their scheme is, but I'm sure disguising and. Doing things like that to uh, slow down that Lawrence guy uh, will be a good thing. But, um, man, just come to ready to play. Come ready to play, win one-on-one battles, and, uh, you know, pour it all out there.
4: I can't wait. I wish it was this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I like what CJ said. You just got to show up. You know, you right. let the coaches coach. You let them set up a scheme. All you can do against a guy like Trevor Lawrence when you've been a struggling DB group is just just show up. Just yeah. freaking—you right. got to come to play. You got to be on your stuff. You can't make the little mistakes you made. We can't see Malik Hooker biting on play action and running thirty yards upfield to get someone tossed over the top of him. He—you yeah. got to play your role. Hopefully, you know they've learned those lessons once again. This is going to be the seventh game of the season. Like, yeah. it, so we would have hoped that these young uh, defensive players would have had more time to grow into their roles and grow into the maturity of it and the discipline that's required to win those big games. Uh, but. We got to we got to see them mature quickly. Well,
3: Dabo, uh, not not surprising, was also talking about that yesterday in the first Sugar Bowl press conference, like, oh, we've been through all these games and the wear and tear, and I like I get that, but it, pretending like that's an advantage for Clemson. When Ohio State, also, you know, normally the should, wear
4: and tear on, like, going against Duke. You're yeah, in the ACC. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want like, to yeah, hear that, right. man. <laughs> no, like, do I, I don't even I was going to say some other team. I don't know who else is in the ACC. <laughs> hey, Mighty Wake Forest,
3: okay? Yeah. There you go. There you that's go. really beating that up
0: Clemson.
3: <laughs> and, and the vaunted Syracuse Orange. Yeah. And all. come on
0: now. Come but, on, Forget man. about him.
3: So But that's also the point. Like, he wanted to play those games for the reps. So, to, to act like it's some advantage for Ohio State that they haven't, you know, had to deal with physical injuries when they've had to, when they played. You know, without 22 guys on Saturday and 23 two right. weeks ago at Michigan State, yep. all those people wanted and needed reps. Normally, the Sugar Bowl for Ohio State would be the 14th game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's twice as many reps. That's yep. twice as much experience. Uh, to take that away, like Ryan Day is not going to sit there and compare his answer to Dabo Swinney's answer, but he's obviously saying we're not the team that you would be if you got twice as many games, and that's right. Like, it's not an advantage or a disadvantage, it's just yeah. that's the situation Obviously. one team is in.
2: If there's any, I guess, glimmer of hope with like, the lack of preparation for young guys in the secondary, it's Coach Combs, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a guy like him back there coaching up those young players, I think that makes me feel a lot better about this current situation versus you know an unknown coach trying to make his name in the secondary, yeah. coaching a bunch of young guys. I think having Coach Combs back there, and I was so excited when he was brought back from Tennessee, uh, that makes me feel a little bit better about the situation. I'm sure Coach Combs will be very even-keeled going up to New York
1: <laughs> <laughs> Won't be screaming oh, at
0: all. <laughs> <laughs> Talking like a mouse, you won't be able to hear him. Definitely, definitely no <laughs> Red Bulls, oh, right? Man. Probably already
4: lost his voice. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That guy's a ball of fire, man. Oh, He's an dude. awesome dude. 100% through and through. God love him, though, because, I mean, at the end of the day, some guys, some guys feed off it, right? Mm-hmm. Some guys need that little – Spark to just go out there, be that fireball, whatever. All right, cool. Now I'm ready to go hit somebody. You and, know
1: it's I mean? juice. and it's so authentic, too.
0: It is. It's and not it, fake it, at it all. It really is. It's, it's not 100%. fake juice. You can see fake juice, but you yeah. yeah. don't have, <laughs> have, have any <laughs> I'll show
1: you fake juice.
3: <laughs> no fake juice here, not at Roosters, not for Letterman Live. Great analysis, insight, expertise always from these guys Evan Spencer, CJ Barnett, Michael Bennett, Reed Fraggle, and Nicole Cox from Roosters. Hanging out with us on another Monday in the Letterman Lounge. This has been Letterman Live. Brought to you by Roosters. I am just Austin Ward. We'll see you next week. The Sugar Bowl is coming up quick. Stay with us at lettermonroe.com.